Welcome to Breaking Bible with the Tully Adventurers. Explore. It's a good day for some good news. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. That's Jesus's good news to us in John 16, 33. As we face this new day and all it has for us, we find courage and hope in the only trustworthy words available. Tully Adventurers, explore. The Bible. So this morning we listen to Colossians chapter 4. It's the end and the wrap-up of a letter from Paul to the people in Colossus. And Jennifer, what did the Holy Spirit speak to you? Uh, I'm looking at verses 5 and 6. Use your heads as you live and work among outsiders. Not so much meaning like them versus us or us versus them, but people that you don't have a common ground with. Maybe new people, maybe who knows what this, what the sitch is. Um, don't miss a trick. Make the most of every opportunity. Be gracious in your speech. And here's the part that really just sucker punched me this morning. The goal is to bring out the best in others in a conversation, not to put them down, not to cut them out. I know so many times people will say things to me, especially right now in the volatile political world or in the world of vaccinations or not. And, you know, everybody's not only got an opinion, but digging their heels in. And, um, you know, it's so easy to put, to expect other people to believe what I believe about the world um, and to you know, pull the rug out from under them, sometimes just for the sake of sport, just, or, um, you know, you're in an argument and you have your opinion and you're not gonna change. You're not open to new information. You only let them talk because you're taking a breath. Um, anyway one's really talking to me this morning. The goal is to bring out the best in others in a conversation, not put them down, not cut them out. You keep mentioning you, 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 what other people do. What about you, Jennifer? When I say you, I mean me. <laughs> then go ahead and say all that again with I statements. Use my head as I live and work among outsiders. <laughs> um in this politically volatile time in this politically volatile time um i want to argue with people i want to break down their argument um so that they will see it my way because i think i'm right and that doesn't always bring out the best in others in a conversation I'm also reminded that the way to approach a conversation with people is not all the same. What does that mean? Not everybody has common ground with me. Not everybody's lived the same life I've lived. So to expect them to see the world the way I do is ridiculous. And ridiculous leads to what? Assumptions and frustration anger and, and assumptions and frustration and anger lead to what 
I don't know. Kirk, why don't you tell us? <laughs> How are you feeling right now, Jennifer? Uncomfortable. Why are you uncomfortable? What's making you uncomfortable? I'm not sure. Just never uncomfortable. I'm asking you this question because I have a tendency to say you statements, meaning I also do this, instead of we statements, which is, hey, we're all together in this and we all do this thing. Because it's so much easier and less painful to say you do this thing, or even if I can be mature enough to say we do this thing, those statements are still less painful than saying out loud, I do this thing. I am part of the problem. I want to laugh at people who do this, but I also do this. I am a human being. I sometimes am three and throw a temper tantrum and say things to people that shut them out, that push them away, that cause damage to relationships. I do this as well. And it's painful to admit that. So it's okay that you're uncomfortable. The statements that you're making as I statements instead of you statements are uncomfortable. It's painful to admit who we really are and what we've really done. That's a, one of the many reasons that going to church can be so difficult and people don't want to do it. Because church is a place where we are faced with ethics and the highest standard of ethics, ideally. Church is also where we're faced with, there's no one who lives up to those high standards of ethics all the time. We all sin, we all fall short of the glory of God, we all are part of the problem. And it's easy to take our best day or our best moment and compare everyone else's worst moment to our best moment, it's much more difficult to admit that we have bad moments and then, even worse, compare our worst moments to people's best moments. This is Paul's letter to the people in Collis, and he is giving them the social media of their day. And in this social media post from Paul, He's giving them the highest ideals, the, the, the highest and best way to live. And then he points out, and I don't live up to it either. I'm in jail right now because I've been preaching this word and the people who are in power don't want to hear it. He also points out, I've sinned, I've made mistakes, I have my struggles with living up to the great mystery of Christ, with living up to who God calls us to be. And so I appreciate that Paul's willing to do that. It's, it's much more authentic than a lot of what goes out on social media and goes out from all of us in our lives. I want to post on social media my highlight reel. This is when I'm happy. This is when I'm doing well. This is moments when I'm playing with my dog. I'm not posting the moments where I'm annoyed with my dog because he's breathing. I'm not posting the moments where I'm annoyed with my wife because she's breathing. I'm not posting the moments where I'm annoyed with myself because I'm breathing. I'm not posting any of these times when the struggles of life are causing me to act out in ways that are 
less than the highest ideal. And one of the things I hope for in this time that we spend together is that we do be authentic as we feel the real emotions that come up. It's okay that you're uncomfortable, my love. That's a valid emotion, and we all feel that. I feel that way often, particularly when the Bible confronts me, and I feel convicted by this high ideal that I don't live up to myself. So it's okay for you to have these emotions, and it's okay for you to show them on your face and show them through your body. It's okay. And I love you, and you're safe, and everything's going to be all right. How are you doing right now? It's rough today. Keep going. <clears throat> For me, often the thoughts that are in my head, I try to express them and they're not always received the way I intended them to come out and it's frustrating for me and it hurts and if I'm not careful I can slip into nobody understands me I just I'm gonna stop talking to people so that's where I'm at Something I noticed about this chapter um, in general is that he, uh, Paul's talking about um, relationships. And so I wonder if these are people who value that. Also, he keeps reminding them how hard different people have worked and that they're working and that they're doing this and they're doing that. And I wonder if this group of people values work ethic are you talking about near the end of the chapter where he's reminding them of all the people who are mm -hmm. I like where your head's at mm -hmm. and I think that you have a you're on to something um, it's I think one of the things Paul recognizes because he's worked with so many different churches he notices the pattern of people often need to hear that they're not alone that they're not misunderstood, that they're not, it's not that they are actually alone, it's just that they feel alone. And it's so easy to let that spiral us into the worst case scenario and start catastrophizing whatever we're going through, pretending that it's life and death when really it's just a moment where we are being called to grieve where we're being called to feel our emotions and allow those emotions to make us aware of what's really going on and then give us the opportunity to cry out to God and allow Him to be in charge of what's going on. In this season, we are talking about our inner vows. We are talking about promises we've made to ourselves to control how much suffering we go through. And something Paul is doing here is he's reminding us, you're not alone. There are other people who are out there working to help people understand that God loves them, that Jesus died for them, that they're not alone. 
So in those moments of doubt, in those moments of depression, in those moments of sadness, in those moments where we're going through a grieving process, whether whatever reason we have to go through that grieving process, especially when it's I'm facing something about myself that's uncomfortable and that I don't want to deal with, don't forget that there are other people out there going through this same thing right now. You're not alone. You're not misunderstood. You're not by yourself. Even if physically you feel that way because there aren't people around you who are being understanding towards you. Maybe God has put you in that position so that you'll cry out to him. He's brought you to the end of your rope emotionally so that you'll cry out to him and ask him to be the one who is with you and helps you to know that you're not alone instead of requiring human beings to do that. And I've done that often in my life. I've wanted some person to understand me. I've wanted some person to think or feel the same way I am thinking or feeling. And then I try to talk to them and they can't hear me. They're their mind is somewhere else, their heart is somewhere else, their emotions are somewhere else, they've got their own things going on, and the only one who actually understands everything about us and everything that we're trying to communicate is God. And if we try to put that on anybody else, even for short amounts of time, it's not going to work. And we all... <laughs> We all have people in our lives who come the closest to understanding us or feeling the same way we do for short moments of time. And we give up the glory of God and relationship with God to have this moment with some person until they're no longer willing to have those moments with us or they're not available for one or two or three of those moments. And then we say, oh, they don't they don't care about me anymore, I really am alone, and we spiral down into that catastrophe of no one will ever care about me or understand me or love me. And God's just waiting in the wings for us to turn our eyes towards Him, which has also been a theme in this book of the Bible. If we're looking at the physical things, we're missing out on what God is doing. So turn our eyes up towards God. Is there anything else in particular that's standing out for you today? No, not really, just that. Okay. So, in, chat, in verse 2, Colossians 4, verse 2, it starts with pray diligently. We, we get caught up in the next part. We want to skip over that and run to stay alert with your eyes wide open. But... It starts with prayer, praying diligently. And so this morning, instead of just continuing to talk about what this is, I want to actually take a moment to pray. God, we're hurting. We have situations in our lives that are painful and difficult to deal with. Um, we have friends who are going through difficult situations and we feel helpless because we cannot change how they're going to interact with the world. We cannot change the suffering they're going through. And dealing with these inner vows is really painful because I want so badly 
to control my own suffering, to control the amount of suffering my wife goes through, and then to control the suffering of all of my friends so that they have less suffering and more rest and more peace and more joy. But I don't get to control any of that. All I get to do is cry out to you and let you know, God, I'm grieving. I am sad. I am hurt. I am angry. I want to make a deal with you. If you'll just fix this person's situation, I'll pray more. Or I'll go to church more. Or I'll... But I'm not going to. That's not how relationship with you works, and it's not how relationship with anyone works. Even if you fix this situation for me, I would not actually turn to you more. I might throw up a prayer of gratitude, hey, thanks God, but I probably wouldn't even do that. And there's plenty of stories in the Bible that tell us that people who received miracles from Jesus did not come back to say thank you. They just took their gift and ran away. And so God, I'm heartbroken that we have to feel pain in order to come to the end of our own rope, that I have to feel pain so that I'll stop pretending I can fix situations, so that I'll stop pretending that the words that I say are going to change my buddy's mind who is being foolish. You, <clears throat> you alone, God, know each one of our hearts and the amount of pain we're going to have to go through in order to have our hearts changed. And you're so good to us that you put us into the very least amount of pain that's necessary so that we can change. And what's heartbreaking is I know from experience that the times that I don't change, you allow me to go through more pain and then even more pain. And it's always a call to turn to you and to give up my sense of I'm going to fix this. I'm going to be better, do better on my own. And God, I'm heartbroken this morning because I do personally have a friend who's going through some suffering. And I am sad that they're suffering. But I'm also heartbroken that it doesn't look like right now, with my physical eyes looking at the physical circumstances, that things are going to change as quickly as I want them to. And it's easy to lose hope that they're ever going to change. And yet, God, you're so good that you never stop pursuing us. You never stop loving us. You're always making a way for us to come back to you and have relationship with you. And God, I hurt today, and I don't want to admit that I don't live up to your standard. I don't want to admit all the times that you've had to allow me to feel so much pain because I would not let go of something that was causing me pain. I would not let go of my way of doing things. And it was my way of doing things that was hurting me. So God, I need you today. Thank you for your son. Thank you that he died for us, showing us what it means to actually live, being willing to give in to the suffering, knowing that if that is your will, if that is the way we need to go, that it is worth doing. 
Jesus' prayer was not my will, but yours be done. If there's any way that I don't have to go through this suffering, then please take this cup away from me. Don't let me suffer. Don't let me have to drink the cup of suffering. But Jesus then said, not what I want, not my way of doing things, God, but yours. And he was willing to go to the cross and die for us and show us what it looked like to trust you with the amount of suffering we're going to go through. So God, I'm heartbroken this morning and I still want my way. And if there's any way that this suffering that my friend is going through can either go quickly or not have to go through at all, then please let that happen. But not what I want, not my way of fixing it, not my way of dealing with the situation, not my way of enabling my friend to not feel as much pain, not my way of taking the pain from him so I feel it and he doesn't have to change. None of that, God. May your will be done. And may I align, may I tune my spirit to you and to what you're doing. May I have wisdom. God, you've given me wisdom. Let Help me to receive it so that instead of pretending that reality is how I, <clears throat> how I romanticize it or how I want it to be, instead of pretending that the world will shift into all the ways that I hope for, let me die to myself and give that up, God. Give me the wisdom to see reality as it is, not as I want it to be. Because God, if I had my way, then half the population of the world would be living in hell. Because what I prefer and what I want is hell for half of the world. And for every single individual person, that's true as well. When I die to myself, I give up. <clears throat> I have to give up thinking that everyone else would be happy and comfortable if they just did it my way. Because for them, it's hell. And I know this because when I've had to do it their way, it was hell for me. It, I did, did not want it, I, ugh, anything but that. And God, you're so good that somehow you have a world where there are 9 billion individual people who all want their own way. And all of them, all of us, are learning to live your way. To give up some of our own way of doing things so that we can live with each other and deal with each other and find some unifying thing with each other whether it's our country or our family or our beliefs or our desire for science or our desire for new technology our desire for empathy our desire for closer relationships whatever it is God you use our motivations to help us to love each other but more than that you use it to help us love you. So God draws closer to you, all of us. We all want our own way and we're all hurting ourselves and others. So draw me closer to you, God. I know that what I'm asking for is that you strip away from me my way of doing things and my belief that I'm right, 
my belief that my way of doing things is going to help other people and feel good to them. And that hurts. But I'm still asking you, draw me closer to you, God. Let me be with you. Even if that means I have to die to myself and my desires. We love you. Thank you that your Holy Spirit gives us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. Thank you that you are always with us and we can cry out to you. We can scream and yell at you. You're not afraid of cuss words. You're not afraid of how angry we are. You're not afraid of us yelling. You're not afraid of us crying. You're not afraid of anything we're going to do. It's like a little baby to you. It's like a little baby with their mother. The baby's crying and screaming and throwing a hissy fit. The mother's not afraid of being hurt personally. Her desire is to care for that child. And so here I am throwing my three-year-old temper tantrum. Here I am in my diapers, in my own poop, saying, I want what I want. And you're so good, God, that you're going to change my diaper. You're going to clean me up. You're still going to love me. You're not afraid of how I speak to you. You take me just as I am and then make me more like you. And that's the cry of my heart today, God. And I know that that means there's going to be suffering. So I accept the suffering that goes along with me trying to fight against your way and fight against you as you're trying to take this dirty diaper off me and clean me up. Help me, Lord, because I need you. Holy Spirit, come comfort me. Lead us and guide us today. Amen. Amen. So I'm with you on this one. Um, it's, it's really helpful in all these different verses. He Paul names specific people and brings up these names to remind the people who are in this church, who are hearing this letter, and us even now, that we're not alone. That Luke, the writer of the Gospel of Luke, is still a good friend and physician. He's still out there doing the work, spreading the Gospel. Yes. Wait a minute. He does science and? Uh-oh. Yeah. The science guys are not actually fighting against the religious guys because the science guys are the religious guys. <laughs> and he names quite a few other people in here. Most of them are look like Greek. It's all Greek to me. They're, they're Greek names. Although there are some that are a little more... Uh, a little, I've, I've heard these names before in the modern day. I have some friends named some of these names. There's a Jesus here. Paul was hanging out with a with a Hispanic dude. <laughs> There's a guy named Justice. I had a friend who was Filipino who was named Justice. So, hey, boy, Paul. There's no mark here for race, color, creed. Any of those things. God loves us all. 
and there are people of all colors, types, shapes, sizes, male, female, all of it. They're all in this life relating to God and learning how to be in relationship with God and suffering and hurting and dying to themselves. It's a beautiful thing. And at the end, Paul signs off in his own handwriting, writes his name, signs it, and he says, remember to pray for me and grace be with you. And more and more I recognize I need grace because I am hurting. I am wanting my own way. I am in that suffering and that struggle of, I do what I want. Ow, I'm hurting because I did what I want. But I'm going to do what I want again. And God is still good to me. And God still loves me and forgives me. Anything else today that particularly stands out to you, my love? Yes. So the context is that Paul is in jail mm-hmm. while this is happening. Um, and it's interesting that he ends the letter with, oh yeah, by the way, remember to pray for me while I'm in this jail. Grace be with you. And I think of so many times that I've been hurting and it's, why me? Look at me. Woe is me. The world is falling apart because I'm falling apart. And it's so easy for me to slip into that, particularly in my head when I'm not talking about it out loud. And I'm just, oh, this is the worst. Why is this happening to me? Here, Paul gives the, lives out the example of kind of putting that at the end. I would think that, especially being in jail, it would be easy to be thinking about myself. You know, in jail isn't always you know, behind the actual bars, the jail is, you know, being times that I've been in debt or times that I've, you know, run out of money or times that I've... As the rock beat, as the rock band Creed once said, I've created my own prison. Yes. Um, Emotional prisons, mental prisons... Maybe I've procrastinated. Ooh, uh-huh. And so now the deadlines are approaching. And so I can't, I find myself unable to deal with people well um, because I've created my own stress. Um, another jail I fall into is perfectionism. You know, I just wanted to keep working at it, keep working at it, keep working at it until it's perfect. Uh, sacrificing the relationships around me, sacrificing the time and energy that I have to spend with other people. Or um, allowing my 
anger to overcome me when I'm driving and then driving becomes a prison because some days I'm really believing that everyone around me is a moron. Can't or that they're out to get me personally. Yes. Yes. Anyway. I'm with you on that one. Those are some jails that I find myself in. That's that's excellent. That's really great recognition, my love. And we do create our own prisons. And then we want everyone to see us as the victim look how look how much i'm suffering look how much i hurt you should pity me you should feel bad for me you should pay attention to me because i'm hurting mm -hmm. and paul's written this entire letter four whole chapters and then just one last line and it's not even the last line he doesn't end on because that's another way oh yeah everybody 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 and now that i've got all of your attention I'm hurting. Don't forget it. Bye-bye. No, no, no. Remember to pray for me in this jail. Not pity me, not feel bad for me, but pray for me. That I'll have strength while I'm going through what I'm going through. And grace be with you. I'm still in my own suffering, in my hurt, in this jail cell that I'm in, giving gifts away to you. That is a great model, and it's a great thing for us to look up to and consider as we deal with our own pain and suffering, the prisons we've created for ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anything else speaking to you today, my love? Just yeah. having a rough one? Nothing's really coming to mind. Okay. We've been dealing with these inner vows. We're still reading the Bible. And of course, right now in the season that we're in, the, I, the theme of inner vows is going to play out as we read. Maybe you're in a different season. And if you don't mind letting us know, what season are you in? Are you in a joyful season? Are you celebrating a new job or you're going to get married or you're having a baby or you just got into the school that you wanted to get into? or you're about to find out you're we're moving into Christmas so you're happy that all of your family's coming or maybe you're <laughs> concerned that all of your family is coming out for the holidays we're in America so Thanksgiving's coming up and uh, Christmas is coming up maybe you're in Canada and you've already had Thanksgiving and so you're trying to be relieved from your <laughs> all of the family coming through Maybe, maybe you're on an island in the Caribbean and you're mad because they don't celebrate Thanksgiving the way you think they should. Right. <laughs> We've been there. <laughs> when we lived in Belize, we might have gone through that ourselves. <laughs> um, wherever you are in the world and whatever you're going through, um, if you see us on YouTube, put into the comments, what season of life are you in right now? Are you on that new adventure of whatever it is, learning a new skill, learning a new job, learning how to live life in this brand new season that you're in? Maybe you're retiring, or maybe you're becoming an empty nester. These are all huge changes. 
Maybe you've just become disabled by something that's happened to you physically. Maybe you're about to be deployed for the umpteenth time as a person who's in the military, and we thank you for your service, and we're grateful. Maybe you are a family member of someone who's about to be deployed, and you have to stay home and feel struggle with feeling alone and feeling like you are raising the kids by yourself and, and carrying this burden all by yourself. And thank you for your service as well. Absolutely. Thank you for your service. Maybe you've just had a family member pass away and you don't know how to deal with the grief and you feel alone. Maybe you're living on a sailboat, nomad lifestyle, and today's just a good day. Or maybe today's a rough day because you're worried about that one thing that's going to break. And maybe you're in the RV lifestyle or the van life or whatever form of nomad living that you do. You live in a Jeep and a tent or whatever it is. And maybe you're having a great day. And if so, we're happy for you. And maybe you're having a terrible day and we grieve with you. Let us know in the comments section how it feels when you read these chapters of the Bible and what season of life are you in? What is, what is the new adventure that God's wanting to take you on and blessing you with? What are some of your concerns about it? We are here because we want to encourage you to go on the adventure that you're going on. And as we're in the season of the adventure of facing our inner vows, it takes a lot of courage and it's painful. And there are days that we do not want to hurt this way. And there are days that we might be a little snippy with each other because we're hurting. And we hope and pray that we will take all these things to God. And we pray with you that you will take them to God. And so since we don't have anyone in chat today and we're struggling a little bit, we're going to have our final prayer with you like, comment, and subscribe in all the places and let us know what you're going through and what season of life you're in. And no matter what it is, our Father who is in heaven, your name is holy. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, just what we need. And forgive us for our sins in the same way that we forgive those who sin against us. Don't lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And Lord, wherever all of our Tully adventurers are at in their life today, whatever's going on with them, whatever season of life they're in, whatever new adventure they're finding, we pray that you would give them grace and peace and that they would be willing to hold their hands open and receive all of your blessings, that they'll open their hands up releasing control and keep their hands open to receive from you all that you have for them lord let every tully adventurer cry out to you and scream and cry and shriek for joy and scream for anger and cry for pain because you accept all of it and you love us and Lord, let every person know how much you love them today. We know that you are the hound of heaven who's chasing after us. And no matter how far we run away, you still love us and care about us. We love you. 
give us all wisdom, the ability to accept reality and make great decisions because of it, and tune our spirits to you. Amen. Amen. Follow and subscribe on Twitch to chat with us. Like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you for joining us on this adventure. Much love, Tully Adventures. Explore.